Okay, so tonight, Bezra Sashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on entering the Sea of Wisdom, which is reviewing the teachings and the sayings of the Tzaddik and the Gon of Yitzchak Meyer Morgenstern Shlita, the Tzaddik who lives in Yerushalayim. And what we're going to be looking at tonight is a sugya, is a topic that really holds a very central place within the general writings of the Am HaChachma. Meaning it's not simply something that was given over at a Friday night meal on Parshas Vayigash, but it's an idea that takes up countless pages and countless ma'amarim, and it's an idea that the Rebbe pushes very strongly. And when the Rebbe pushes an idea strongly, as the Talmudim point out very often, it's in response to individuals or ways of learning or ways of thinking that seem to imply otherwise or push back otherwise. So when the Rebbe is emphasizing something over and over, it's important for those of us who seek to connect to the tzaddik and his Torah to open our ears a little bit more and to recognize that while none of the tzaddik's Torah is simply vortlach that are meant to be heard and enjoyed, but rather they are ideas that are meant to be internalized to enable a person to transform their lives in one way or another, according to the level of their understanding and the level of their experience. As Rabbi Nachman quotes in the first teaching in Sichos Haran, based on the Zohar HaKadosh on the Pasuk in Mishlei, brought down in Eishas Chayil, Kol Chad Lefum Shira Dilibe, that each person understands HaKadosh Baruch Hu according to the conjecture of their own heart which means that if the Torah of a tzaddik is meant to influence us or have an impact on us, it doesn't mean that we have to become like the Hasidim of the tzaddik. It doesn't mean that we have to start dropping everything and attaching ourselves to the tzaddik. It simply means that we have to allow the light of the tzaddikim, the or tzaddikim yismach, to penetrate into our lives, wherever we might be, and for the light of their Torah to shed a little bit more insight, clarity, and help in our process throughout life. So what the Rebbe was discussing was the machloikas, if you will, between Yosef and Yehuda. You know, spending a lot of time in this week's Parsha, whether it was because it was the Meshiloach's yard site and the Meshiloach of Mordechai Yosef, liner of Ishbitz, spent a lot of time talking about the distinction between Yehuda and Yosef, or because Parsha's Vayigash itself is Vayigash Elav Yehuda Vayoymer Adoni, that the entire Parsha, is connected to this pegisha, this interaction, this unity, if you will, between the two elements of Yosef and Yehuda. Now, following the line of what the Rebbe was basing this teaching on, we're not following the Mahalach of the Meshilayach, but following the Mahalach of Sifri Chabad, following the Mahalach of different Sfarim, that Yosef HaTzadik represents the Midah of Yesod. The Midah of Yesod is connected to the idea of Chachma, of connecting to the Torah, of connecting to that which is light in one person's life, of success, of moving forward, of protecting oneself to ensure that one's behaviors are always in line with the lawful nature of experience, the way things are meant to be, ish matzliach, to be matzliach in everything. That's the idea of Yosef HaTzadik. And then you have the idea of Yehuda, and Yehuda is at least apparently the opposite of Hatzlacha. Yehuda is Yoyred Me'achiv. Yehuda descends down into darkness. Yehuda finds himself caught up and mixed up in all sorts of darkening experiences where we know through the words of Chazal that he's really sowing the light of Mashiach. But nevertheless, at first glance, Yehuda appears to be the opposite of this strict adherence to the law. Yehuda appears to be more like the Balshuva, someone who wills and is willing to descend into the depths of experience, into the darkness of themselves, 
in order to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light there. Now, as opposed to Yosef HaTzadik, who's associated with the Midah of Yesoid, which is connected to success and law and halacha and sharp focus, the Midah of Yehuda is going to be associated with the Midah of Malchus. And the Midah of Malchus, the Midah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's revelation in this world, the revelation of his kingship in this world, it doesn't appear to follow the laws. Malchus is ugly. Malchus is distorted. Malchus appears destitute. It appears impoverished and broken. She has nothing of her own. Her legs dangle in areas of death. It's the descent away from clarity into confusion. Now, typically speaking, one assumes, as one should rightfully assume, that the avoid of Yosef HaTzadik the Avodah of direct, essential connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that moment, for the sake of Hatzlacha, is of a higher value, spiritually speaking, than the Avodah of Yehuda, who descends into darkness, who descends into chaos, who finds himself caught up in all sorts of confusing and confounding, doubtful situations. But what the Rebbe is pointing out here, and this is clear in the writings of the Balatanya and Taira Or, and it's also very clear in the Torah of the Meishiloyach and his Tamidim and his children, the Beis Yaakov and the Sod Yisharim, who the Rebbe points out, his yard site always falls out in Parshas Vayigash because this was his Nekuda in Torah to show the unity between Yosef and Yehuda. But the Rebbe wants to show us how, even though explicitly it appears that the Avoida of Yosef and the Avoida of precision of Yesoid is of an elevated status above and beyond the doubtful nature of Malchus and Yehuda. Nevertheless, in an inner way of looking at things, which is reserved for the future, but we can taste in the present, Yehuda is revealed to be of a higher level. Now, why is that? And I'm rushing through this Nakuda because it's simply leading us to the next Nakuda that I want to discuss. The reason for this is as follows. Before the creation of the world, it was the Bechina of Yosef. The light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu saturated everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence was felt everywhere and there was no possibility of making a mistake. There was no possibility of deviating or moving away from what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to do. But we're told that for the sake of creating the world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mitzamtsem that light. HaKadosh Baruch Hu contracted that light. He moved that light aside. Why? Why move away the infinite and perfect light so that worlds of separation and worlds of measurement could take place? Worlds of Yehuda could take place. The darkness of Yehuda, the world of doubt, the world of death, the world of confusion, the world of difficulty, the world of being lost, of the rest of the world thinking you're a crazy person, et cetera, et cetera. That is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to reveal his glory. That is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to reveal him. So Hashem moves Yosef aside. He moves that essential light of the Midah of Yesod aside in order to reveal the Bechina of Malchus, to reveal that questionable, doubtful space where we're able to engage with our Bechira and serve Hashem through the darkness and to create what Chazal tell us and what the Balhatanya in Paraklam and Vav of Sefer Hatanya focuses so much on, to create a Dira Betachtonim, that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu truly desired, so to speak, or the element that gave birth to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unfathomable desire to create the world was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to rest his presence specifically in darkness, specifically in concealment and in the Dira Shabbatachtoinim. And the Rebbe continues to say what the purpose of this is. And the purpose of this is that once we find ourselves encountering darkness, 
once we find ourselves in a world of Malchus, in a world of Yehuda, where things are difficult, where the light of Yosef is no longer apparent, where like Rabbi Nachman tells us, it appears that the light of the tzaddik is no longer in the world, and all of the chain and all of the beauty of the world seems to have gone away. When we can find Amuna in that place, we bring this world back up to an even higher level of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is capable of revealing. That in the beginning, it was only Yosef. In the beginning, it was only light. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates darkness. And the goal of creating darkness and allowing us to encounter the Midah of Yehuda and Malchus is so that we can go down into the darkness, bring the darkness back up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, see Hashem, you were found in the darkness as well. And at that point, we reveal the etzem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. At that point, we reach the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the point that I want to speak about right now, that the Rebbe spent so much time making very clear, is that when we talk about the completion of things, when we talk about reaching the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we talk about moving out of darkness and back up towards light to perfect creation, that perfection, that atzmos of Hashem, that essence of Hashem, is not really the essence of Hashem. Because ultimately it is impossible to talk about the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All we have access to as human beings is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's revelations, the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like our tzaddikim tell us that a name is something that is utilized for somebody else. When I am on my own, I don't need to go by my proper name because I know myself intuitively and essentially. It is only for something outside of me that I allow my name to be known because a name is how the other relates to something beyond themselves. And the only thing we have access to, says the Rebbe, is the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. But we don't have access to the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So even when we bring reality back up to where it is supposed to go, even when we leave Yosef and descend into Yehuda, and then Yehuda gets brought back up to the light of the infinite, we're still not connecting to the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because to claim that we could connect to the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be to claim that we are capable of grasping that which is perfect. And to claim that we are capable of grasping that which is perfect is to claim that we are somewhat on a certain level on the same level as that perfection. But one of the most significant laws of Panimiyas HaTorah and the Torah at large is that perfection for a human being is an impossibility. We are not capable of reaching the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God forbid. Because if we claim that we could reach the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we are claiming that us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are on a certain level of the same standing, something that is somewhat heretical. So what the Rebbe is pointing out is that no matter where you think you reach, no matter what level you reach, if you think you've come to the culmination of your process, all that happens then is you realize that it's a new beginning because the top, the ceiling that I think I have reached reveals itself to simply be the floor of a level above it. What this does for us is that it reminds us that the avoida of a Jew in this world is not to become perfect, is not to reach the essence of anything, is not to claim that we have completed everything and perfected everything, but rather to live with the deep awareness that as a human being, the very nature of myself is that I will always be imperfect. That is part and parcel of what it means to be a Jew, to always recognize that I cannot reach the true etzem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that however high on the rung of spirituality I climb, 
I'm always aware that there is an infinite amount more for me to grow. And we don't have enough time to discuss all of the different nafkaminas and the halachos of the sugya, but Amir Tashem, as we learn through the Rebbe's Tairos, we'll get there. But for now, I just want to look at it inside and then reiterate kind of the power of this point. So after describing the process of letting go of the perfection of Yosef, falling down into the imperfection of Yehuda, so that we can go back up to the true perfection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Rebbe is reminding us that don't think that this true perfection that you eventually reach is the sum total, is the essence. Because even when you've reached the tippy top, there's an infinite amount of room to grow. And the Rebbe says as follows. He says, and we've already explained in another place, at length, that any place where it says in the writings of Hasidus, Inyan da'atzmus, the idea of perfection or the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as if we have touched the truest nature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKavana la'atzmuso shemo yisbarach. The intention is not on the atzmus, but on the essence of his name, atzmus hashchina, the essence of Hashem's revelation after the tzimtzum, but never what HaKadosh Baruch Hu truly is, which is somewhat of an impossible idea to think. Because when it comes to the actual essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we will never ever have the ability to grasp it. And we always have to recognize that my holiness, says Hashem, is above your holiness. That no matter how high a human being can climb on the rungs of spiritual perfection, we will never ever reach a moment where we can say we have reached perfection. Rather, that essential highest level that will be revealed in the future. It's the revelation of the essence of his name and the essence of Malchus, of revelation, that idea of Yehuda, reminding us that even when we think we have reached completion, there's an infinite amount more to grow. Which is the revelation of the essence of Akadush Baruch Hu's presence, but not the essence of Akadush Baruch Hu. Etzem giloi malchus de or ein sof, the essence of the revelation of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's desire to be understood by us. And what the Rebbe is saying here is incredibly important because not all of us are going to spend our time trying to be masig what these idea mean, what these ideas mean in terms of contemplation. But all of us live our lives with a basic assumption that the job of a Jew is to be perfect, and that the job of a Jew is to know everything with certainty, or that the job of a Jew is to have full amuna without any svekos, as if it was possible to reach the culmination, to reach the end of the ladder. What the Rebbe is pointing out to us is that it's okay to feel that it's imperfect, because that's the very nature of what it means to be a human being. It's not because we're not good enough to reach perfection, the Leshem points this out. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu is the person who teaches us that it's impossible to reach perfection. No human being will see me and live. The Leshem teaches us that we have to understand that the laws of creation are that that the creation cannot grasp the creator. That's a law that is built into the very fabric of creation. And the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu had to teach us it is because if it was anybody else, we could have claimed that it was because they failed. 
because they weren't good enough. But the fact that it's Moshe Rabbeinu Raya Mehemna, the greatest individual, the greatest neshama to ever exist, we understand that this is not a mistake, it's not a failure, but rather it's part and parcel of the very nature of what it means to be a human being, that we will perpetually be below God. And that's what gives us the ability to yearn and to be mitya'geya and to have that kilion hanefesh, to have that undying desire to reach higher and higher. And even when we feel that we've been successful, to enjoy the success, but to realize in the next moment that it's weiter. It's always weiter. Even in Olam Haba, it's weiter. We're always moving. A person has to understand that we're imperfect and that's what we're supposed to be. And that gives us the ability to be okay with ourselves. And it also gives us the ability to yearn forward and to continue climbing the ladder of spiritual progression instead of believing in the idols of spiritual perfection.